Hey, SMP Now listeners, Chance here. Due to a scheduling conflict with our planned interview guests, we are actually not going to be sitting down with Sarah White and Heather Brandstetter, but instead we're going to be airing this week the interview with the J&R Electronics folks. Uh, So when we say that uh, we're going to cut over to the interview with Heather and Sarah, uh, just ignore that. Don't freak out when you hear a completely different interview. Uh, It's all part of the plan. That wasn't part of the plan. But uh, anyways, it's still a good interview, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to SMB Now. This is episode 33 for February 12th. Josh, who's sponsoring us today? Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by the Silver Valley Cat Wranglers. Attention cat lovers. There will be a fundraising event for the Silver Valley Cat Wranglers on Wednesday, February 26th at 6 p.m. at the Dirty Dog Saloon in Uptown Kellogg. Please support their goal of a loving home for every cat in the Silver Valley. Got to get those cats a home, Josh. Cats. Got to wrangle them. More of a dog guy, but you know what? If it's a Dirty Dog fundraiser, it's probably going to do pretty well. They're doing a cat fundraiser at the Dirty Dog? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's got to be some symbolism there, I Sounds think. Sounds like a trap. It's, <laughs> I was actually talking to uh, uh, Rini Gilbert. Uh, she's involved in the organization. And the cat I, wranglers? Yeah. And I was uh, I was talking to her about how what what activities they need because they they were wanting to spruce it up. They don't want it to just you know walk in and be a drinking fest. They want it to be uh, you know they have some activities there. And I'm thinking thinking you get stuffed cats and you get a lasso, cat wranglers. No. 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 Why not? Have you ever tried to do anything with a cat? Like give it a bath? Or... Yeah, but this is a stuffed cat. I'm not saying not saying you get actual. I'm not saying you let loose. Uh, what would a, we, we used to be really into this. What, what's a group of cats? A, it's not a it pride. depends on the kind of cat. Okay. A house cat. I don't, I don't know. I have to look it up. We used to. Litter? What, what is, what is a, what is a group of wild cats? Destruction. Uh-huh. What's a, what's a group of owls? A parliament. Good, good. And then a group of lions. Pride. Yeah, good. All right. Yeah. We used to, we used to have that pretty down for a little while. We were learning an unkindness of ravens. An unkindness of ravens and a murder of crow. Yeah, those blackbirds are there. Oh yeah, they don't. There's they yeah. not to be. And messed then after with. you assault one of them, you have to go before the parliament of owls <laughs> to plead your case. Uh, and then you get your Hogwarts acceptance letter. <laughs> Still waiting on mine. <laughs> you get here one day. All right, what's going on, Josh? Well, sorry, that's my coffee. Mm. I learned something new today. Uh, uh, NBC uh-huh. uh, released a story. Uh, scientists have found a new dinosaur in Canada. Okay. Uh, it is a relative of the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Okay. It was only about eight feet tall, though. Mm. And uh, the name, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but the name meant Reaper of Death. Oh, Will it be in the next Jurassic Park movie? Oh gosh, I hope so. I... <laughs> Wait, are that can there be another one? Didn't they just kill everything? I don't and... know. I, you would think that after like the third one, but they Jurassic did. Jurassic Kingdom was rough, man. They did it. They the figured it out. With that that brontosaurus just standing there mm-hmm. and then dying. Yeah. What a gut punch! I know. I know. Like I didn't mind some of them. That was that was the last one, right? Jurassic yeah. World. Okay. Yeah. I guess they're trying to make another one though. With oh, like, I wouldn't be surprised. With uh, 
Dr. Alan Grant coming I be, back. I wouldn't be surprised. It's going to be like toward the end, when when the Armageddon hits, they'll still make Jurassic Park and Fast and Furious movies. I'm waiting for the crossover film. The crossover, yes. There we go. Whoever's listening, make that like, movie. We go to see if this if, the, uh, if a Hollywood director or producer family, man. is listening to this Fast and Furious Jurassic Park crossover. Don drives a Ferrari. Just through a herd of what are the little small raptors? I guess raptors works pretty good. Raptors is good. Raptors is good. Raptors works. The little ones that that Chris Pratt was pushing his hands to. Like Those Don. are velociraptors. Okay, yeah, velociraptors. Okay, yeah. yeah. Don just drifts. Tokyo drifts into a bunch of them. Whoa, whoa! Don was not in Tokyo Drift. Oh, I'm so I'm not a I'm not a fast and furious guy. <laughs> I apologize. All right. Well, I'm, this is taking a turn for. Oh, the I'm sorry. Strange. What that, that I misspoke that Don was not in Tokyo Drift. Well, more that we're talking about the Fast and the Furious crossover film with Jurassic Park. I mean, it could. That's I. That, I mean, that's a moneymaker right there. Yeah, right Fast there. and Furious Dino Drift. They should do more though. You know, nowadays they do a lot of remakes, and I'm thinking what they should do is just do more crossovers. Imagine, okay, so think about this. Okay. So a lot of movies that were, like, popular when, like, our parents were young have gotten remakes. Yes. What movies do you think from when we were young? Because we're not getting remakes. We're getting, like, live-action remakes. Yeah, so, like, the, like the, the Mulan live-action, that's coming out. Yeah, semi-season. that's got no Mushu in it, so no music. Yeah, so... it probably won't be that good. No. Yeah. That, they're, they're, the Cricket and the Dragon pretty much made They're turning that, that into, like, a DC, like, universe where they take, like, a, a hero and make him real dark. Yeah, that looked that that looked intense. Mulan. They're turning Mulan, a great Disney movie, into like a gritty war movie. Yeah, and and if I don't get to see that shirtless uh, general singing, "Let's get down to, to business, business," then I don't want to watch. That's, yeah, I mean that's the best. I knew a kid that had that on his phone. Like he listened to that when he was working out. Yeah, he's gonna make a man out of you. Yeah, that person was me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. So Friday headlines. Yeah, so Friday headlines. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh. Fantastic. Uh-huh. Okay. Gosh. Um uh yes, f- uh, so headlines for Friday, February seventh, twenty twenty. Um it was forty one degrees that day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um headline. well, I was hoping I'd talk about the weather. It's a lot more positive than what the actual headline is. Um, headlined with a very serious topic uh, that was revealed to us. Uh, it actually got out on social media a little earlier uh, than we got the paper out, but um, uh, it, uh, headline is Violations Found at Pacifica. Uh, more specifically, this is referring to Pacifica Senior Living Facility in Pinehurst. Uh, it's, been, it's, it's a fairly long-established... Um, Josh, what's the difference again? This one is an assisted living... It's an assisted living facility. Yes. Um, not really not to be confused with... Uh, so like Mountain Valley of Cascadia uh-huh. in Kellogg or Good Samaritan Center in uh-huh. uh, Silverton, those are skilled nursing facilities mm-hmm. where there are doctors on hand and uh, it's like a mini hospital. Yeah, uh, basically a hospital for for old folks, sure, um, or people who need constant care, right. but also the ability to kind of live mm-hmm. life not in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a skill or a assisted living is. Uh, they have CNAs there, and they have you know people who cook and people who clean. Sure. But I mean, realistically, not as much medical staff. It's on. like a gated community full mm-hmm. of apartments for people who might be unable to live on their own. Sure. 
but can still function on their own sure. for the most part. Sure. Um, so, yes, uh, this came out, a report that was conducted by the Department of Health and Welfare uh, on the facility. They were brought to the facility based on a tip, uh, either from a resident or a family member of a resident, about sexual abuse allegations happening at the facility. Um, once they heard about this, Department of Health and Welfare came in. Uh, their division of licensing and certification, rather. Uh, a team went in, uh, did a top-to-bottom look at the place uh, from, I think it was just two days, like January 8th to the 10th. I could be wrong. They, they put 10th as the day, but I think... The, the report was submitted. Submitted on the 10th, yeah. So I think it was like a two- or three-day thing. Um, but uh, they found much more than the sexual... So they did find evidence of the sexual abuse allegations, uh, resident on resident, um, and basically what got Pacifica in trouble on that count was that they did nothing about it. Right. Um, that was the big issue on that one. But uh, going forward with the, with, the, uh, with the survey they referred to it as, the survey that they conducted, um, they found they, – they identified both what they referred to as non-core issues and core issues um, – with me flipping to page eight. So while he's flipping, so the the non core issues were the less severe of the. I mean, they're still severe. They're but... still severe. So so facilities like this have to uh, hit a certain checklist of things to stay in compliance, um, to stay under their certification. Um, That's to, to, to perform the duties that they are licensed and certified to do. Um, so these non-core ones are the ones that will take you out of compliance. Mm-hmm. So uh, some minor safety things, uh, water on the floor, uh, resident complaints, um, medications not being properly labeled, things like that. These are these are. So they found thirty-one of those non-core issues. So those are taking them out of compliance. Sure. And then come, and there's the six core issues. And these these are like management changing kind of and, things and and borderline on criminal charges Correct. if not very blatant criminal and charges. many of these i mean from what it sounds like to i mean just my person i'm not a lawyer by any means but a lot of these do sound like uh bordering on violation fda violations yeah, absolutely like that. yeah um so i just reading down i listing all 31 violations would take forever uh, the story was already a th- over a thousand words long um but uh to, to sum it up the uh, the non-core issues uh, included uh, numerous staff-related violations such as failing to maintain a clean facility, failing to ensure resident records were accurately maintained, failing to ensure ensure a licensed professional nurse was at the facility to assess changes in resident conditions, failing to assist residents with taking their medications in accordance with their physician's orders, and failing to secure and or dispose of medications and many more. Uh, so, for example, item 18 of 31, titled Unused Medication, states, The facility had, accumu- had an accumulation of unused, discontinued, or expired medications for more than 30 days. A cabinet door in the RCD, that's the Residency Care Director, um, uh, the RCD's office contains several medications that expired in September. Also, destruction logs documented medications were disposed of several months after the residents no longer resided at the facility. That's just one of the non. That's one. That's eighteen of. That's number eighteen of the thirty-one non-core. Um, the core. The core issues. Uh, the real big bad ones that precipitated a change in management. Basically, they've implemented. Uh, essentially, they've implemented a um, uh, temporary management at at Pacifica at the moment. Um, the director or the administrative director. She's no longer there. Um, not uh, sure if she resigned. Not or sure if she resigned or she was let go, um, but we know that she's not there anymore. 
um, basically a suspect. Yes. Yeah, so uh, essentially, and she was referred to several times throughout the interviews that were conducted by um, by the by the the team. Uh, basically, they, uh, I didn't go into, I didn't explain every single one of the core issues. The main ones here are, number one were the allegations that brought them there, the mm-hmm. sexual abuse ones. Uh, essentially, I, I won't go into detail, but essentially uh, two uh, more rambunctious male residents were harassing female residents. Uh, in one case, there was uh, evidence of physical uh, abuse. In one case, uh, and essentially, while essentially the administrators knew about it and did nothing, right. uh, they didn't try to protect the residents. They didn't try to do anything to the other guys. Well, they did, but uh, illegally so, like drugging their coffee and stuff like that to try to keep them uh, medicated with with medication that wasn't prescribed to them. Yeah. So, uh, lot. I mean, in that one sentence I just gave you, that's like five violations. Um, uh, moving on, uh, they also talked about the lack of an RN there, a registered nurse. Uh, these RNs are supposed to be there because they're the only ones certified to like make you know executive decisions on prescription medications. Sure. Uh, being a, and make and ensuring that they're being uh, properly given to the residents. Well, the RN essentially, I mean, there's quotes that they were taken from uh, uh, outside agencies, uh, former employees, uh, residents, family members. All of them, there, there's quotes in the report that basically say that the, the, the RN was never there. Uh, one employee said they'd worked there for two and a half years and they had never seen the RN. Um, so because of this, it created situations where uh, management essentially were administrating uh, administering medications without a certification. Uh, they were cross, uh, people giving cross uh, medications, so like giving one person's medication to another patient. Um, and then in cases where, uh, you know, a, a resident would pass away or move on to a different facility or leave, they wouldn't destroy that person's medication. They'd keep it. Right. They'd stockpile it up. Um, there, there were a few allegations that the management was, like, stealing the drugs. Um, I, that, that wasn't really – that wasn't – there were no findings of that from uh, the, the survey team. But uh, there were some quotes in there that they believe that they were being they were being stolen, and and Pacifica has a history of that that right. behavior in the past. So um, it, to, to put it lightly, a lot of problems at Pacifica were identified, and uh, now um, Department of Health and Welfare they have uh, a, basically temporary management the facility, and um, they're hoping to to get it on track. Um, you you talked to um, Mr. Mrs. Mrs. Forbing Orr? Yeah, so I talked to Nikki Forbing Orr. She's a public information manager with the Health and Welfare. Um, she explained kind of that the the entire thing was handled after they got the tip. They sent their team. Their team specializes in these kind of facilities. They went up there. They did what they their inspection, what they called a survey. Mm. And then, you know, the, the, the change. So they made a change in... Uh, here, let me let me set you up for this. One of the questions that we got after this is, "How is that place still open?" And the answer is that because they don't want to close it. Right. The health and welfare, <coughs> pardon me, doesn't want to close the facility because the parent, or I'm sorry, the parents, the residents. It's really traumatic when you have to relocate somebody who is aging mm-hmm. and could be comfortable. Um, there, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Whether it's they might like it there, despite being oblivious to the negative things going around mm-hmm. 
um, any these these instances where the abuse was happening between you know two different people that might not affect a certain person, but if you shut the facility down in a twenty six person facility over two people, that's twenty four other people who may or may not be in the same situation, who may be comfortable, uh-huh. and now you got to move them. Uh-huh. That being said, facilities like this are I know they're not in decline, but they're not. As prominent as they once were. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, it was, you know, parents at a certain age, put mom and dad in the home. Yep. Parent uh, with, with social media and, I mean, we see it on in, on TV commercials. I mean, they, the uh, Apple iPads and, and Alexa and all these things being designed to, like, make it to where communicating with our family members is a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are a little bit more uh, independent. Uh, elderly people are more independent. There's more options too. But for these people who 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 are in these homes, it could be really traumatic. They're not in the business of shutting down facilities. Mm-hmm. What they're in the business of doing is they they went in, they changed leadership, so temporary manager. Mm-hmm. That temporary manager has full discretion to go in there and make any changes necessary as long as the end result is the upgraded safety of the residents getting back up to compliance getting them back into compliance and uh you know if, if they can't then the facility might have to be shut down if it turns out that what they're trying to do is not possible the facility could get shut down but they don't want to see that happen right because well you got to move all those residents yeah then. they don't want to see those residents have to be moved they want to see the facility stay open obviously under better more careful management but they really don't want to be i mean they don't want the reputation as a group that comes in and just turns and burns and kills these facilities because despite the bad coming out of this particular situation these facilities still are valuable especially in a community like ours i mean if there's no room over here where do you think people put their parents Mm -hmm. they're gonna take them over the hill Mm -hmm. They're going to take them, I mean, and, and then they're just getting... And overflow further. other facilities. Yeah, they're just going to be in an unfamiliar environment, surrounded by people they may not know. I mean, yep. I bet some of these, a lot of these people probably know one another. Yeah. So, definitely. And, it's, and it this, is, it's a story we're going to continue to follow. Yeah. Um, hopefully, for those of you guys who aren't aware, this was, in fact, if you're trying to put it together, uh, this was the survey that was circulating around social media mm-hmm. early last week. Yes. That really, I mean, it started out with just a couple shares, and before too long, it was wildfire all over Facebook. Yep. People were really, really up in arms about it. I've spoken to several people, former employees, people who've had family members there, uh-huh. all who are really thankful that we, we address this and are coming forward with their own stories of uh, issues from yep. this facility. Yep. So, so we'll, we'll continue to follow it. Um, I mean, we invite, uh, so for this particular article, uh, no ownership with Pacifica uh, couldn't comment. They're uh, still right in the middle. Of they're right. They were right in the middle of it. Um, so we, we invite them to, you know, what if and when things get turned around, we invite them to, to reach out to us. We'd, we'd love to love a turnaround story if, if things get better over there. Um, but other than that, we'll, we'll just keep an eye on that and see, see how things go. Yep. Uh, middle of the front page, a uh, story called Getting Ready for the Prom. And uh, kind of a unique 
situation happening in uh, Kellogg at Mountain Valley of Cascadia. Uh-huh. Uh, that is the skilled nursing facility there on Cameron Avenue. Their new activities director, Brianna Carlin, came up with an idea for hosting a prom at the facility for its residents a little while ago after she took a poll and some 65% of the residents there never got to attend their senior prom. Um, You know, and and she told me that, uh, you know, the prom is one of those milestone events that, well, a lot of people might not think about it in today's age because... You know, going to school, like a school dance, they have something every other month, almost, you Mm -hmm. know. But uh, for for kids or for people growing up back in the 50s, 60s, these things were important events. And if you didn't have the money to go or you didn't have a way to get there, you know, there were a lot of factors that could contribute to someone not going. Right. And now she's trying to make that happen. Uh she was looking for donations for like clothing. Um, last time I checked, I think she had filled most of her need. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the angle we took on the story. Uh, she had gotten a bunch of stuff from the Smelterville secondhand store. Uh, and the front page picture has some of the residents and nurses and workers that are holding up some of the donated items. The residents are going to be able to put on some semi-formal wear. And they're going to be able to dance and take pictures. And then following that, there's going, they're going to be able to have dinner. And they wanted, they voted on having dinner. Uh, the, the senior, the, the, the facility actually has a prom committee hmm. of residents. Wow. And they've organized a steak and potato dinner. I love Following it. the dance. And uh, there's a good chance there might even be a, a classic Corvette there for them to take pictures in. So just, it's just going to be a quality event. Um, a lot of fun. And, themed uh, a, a blend of Valentine's Day and the 50s so it should be should be a pretty sweet event I think uh, we had talked about maybe going and taking some pictures there so we might have some uh, some action shots of the Mountain Valley Cascadia prom mm, that's awesome that'll be cool yeah awesome N- nice little fun story yeah always fun to get those those feel-good stories bottom of the front page we kind of just recapped our interview with our superintendents from last week mm-hmm. Uh really driving home the solidarity between the two, the Wallace and Kellogg school districts concerning uh, each other's levies. Um, If you have not taken the chance to go back and listen to that interview, uh, it really is pretty informative. And, you know, it kind of humanizes some of these people that I know when you're looking at a a ballot going, gosh, do I want to just blindly give people my tax dollars? Go hear them out. They might change your mind. Right. And, and, and humanize them a little bit for you. Right. So, um, when is when is that election day now? Uh, March tenth. There you go. Perfect. Getting it out there. Let's All see. Right. Is there anything else in this one? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Fence calendar. Talked about buying and selling. The roll call. Was there anything good in here? Oh yeah. Uh, uh so Kellogg Police Department roll call January 29th to February first. Uh, citizen contact at the intersection of West Mullen Avenue and Cedar Street for individuals doing donuts in the intersection with an ATV. Fortunately, they were not maple donuts, so he was asked to stop. Verbal warning was given. <laughs> See? Cops can have sense of humor, too. Yeah. At Silver Valley Tire, they do free brake inspections. Stop in and have them check your brakes out. Silver Valley Tire is located at 407 West Cameron Avenue in Kellogg. Come on, Josh. We were talking about tires. We were talking about doing donuts, and you didn't use the Segway right there? No. Not even a little bit. These are brakes. 
but I'm sure Silver Tire does does tires too. Well, I know they do brakes for sure. If, you're, if you are doing donuts, even though we don't condone you doing donuts, stop into Silver Eye Tire. They've got great tires. See, there we go. Well, that's not in my script. <laughs> or, or if you need to stop doing donuts, use their brakes. I love donuts of any kind. <laughs> Just. And the more we talk about them, the hungry. Inner tubes, like 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 at the, like the ones you get like going down the ones that Shaq used when he was up at Silver Mountain. I mean, that's a big one. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I like those too. I wonder that was I, I like that that was a fun addition. I that was it. fun. Remember that one? We yeah. like took a video and spliced in like four photos of him going down and knocking into the wall, <laughs> taking out a snowberm. <laughs> it was great. Anyway. Oh jeez. We're talking about uh Tuesday. We into Tuesday headlines? Tuesday headlines. Let's do Tuesday headlines. I think you had the, the lead Did of I a story a... that's uh, oh, ongoing yes. as we speak. Oh, yes. The, the story that keeps on giving. Um, this uh, we're referring to, uh, we, we actually kind of debate a little bit about on how clever we were going to be with the headline on this. Um, I believe, I, I don't have the paper in front of me, but it's uh, uh, flooding causes sudden link to suddenly drop. I can't remember the headline off the top of my head. It was pretty clever. I just butchered it. I'm sorry, everybody. I apologize. I told him to put sudden not link. Yeah, he wanted sudden not link. And I and I, I get it, and that was good. But I felt like I needed to explain a little more. I mean, it's also a little mean, too. It is a little mean. But, at the like, so, I mean, Silver, Sudden Link doesn't have the greatest reputation in the Valley for being reliable, but this one's kind of out of their hands. I, I doesn't think. have the greatest reputation for being reliable. Doesn't have a reputation for being, for reliable. being reliable. Okay, flooding causes Sudden Link to suddenly crash. <laughs> Not bad. Um, so, uh, if you are uh, a Sudden Link user in the Silver Valley, or you know somebody that's a Sudden Link user in the Sudden Silver Valley, well, they don't have internet right now, uh, counting yours truly, because uh, flooding in the Walla Walla area and Walla Walla Valley in Washington uh, has caused Sudden Link fiber to be broken and basically uh, drowned by flood water. And uh, that's been, uh, basically, uh, people's internet in the valley went out around uh, February 9th, the night of February 9th, and uh, have been without internet since uh, because of, so um, essentially the floodwaters caused a bridge to wash out and in turn damage accompanying fiber lines that provided internet to customers across Spokane and uh, the North Idaho area and beyond. Um, I, I tried very hard to get a hold of a sudden link representative and i it, it just didn't happen it just didn't happen there was no one to talk to um we do have some sources that were close to the situation that gave us some of that information uh, uh walla walla emergency management director uh liz Je- uh jesse uh could not expect uh could not exactly specify where the damage was located but she did tell us that uh seven bridges within the walla walla area and walla walla county received heavy damage, and one in College Place was completely washed out. So uh, maybe one of those bridges were the ones that had the affected fiber. Um, apparently, the flooding down in Walla Walla is, I mean, it's historic proportions. It's, it, they haven't had a flood like this in over 100 years, so uh, things are kind of tough down there. Um, uh, according to a service report that was actually provided to the news press by uh, a Suddenlink customer, uh, they reported that today, as a, or so February 11th, uh, floodwaters were expected to go down, and because of that, um, 
the emergency evacuation zone, which the broken lines are located in down in Walla Walla, uh, should be lifted. So uh, with any luck, repair crews might be able to get in there, assess the situation, and hopefully make repairs soon. But we still don't have a timeline. Uh, Suddenlink has not reached out to really anyone at all. Um, I, I don't mean to sound uh, upset, but um, it is kind of frustrating when you, you were... I mean, I I spent at least three hours trying to call somebody with Suddenlink yesterday, anyone that would give me comment, any information whatsoever... And uh, they, it's, it was just impossible. They, I was, yeah. Can <laughs> be. I mean, I, I, I'm feeling the pain of everybody. I am a sudden link customer, so I, I get it. And uh, I am not. Yeah, you're you're still on Frontier, but you also suffered from the great Verizon outage last night. Ugh. Ugh, yeah, that was great. And I was away from my home, so I didn't even have my actually working internet to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Um. But now I'm just wondering how long before they change the town's name to Wada Wada. Uh, 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 <laughs> or Lotta Wada. <laughs> okay, that was better. <laughs> uh, hey, was your internet's bogged down. Mm-hmm. Um quite literally. So I I mean so, so I mean with with this long of a an hour I mean people get people will jump to social media when the internet's out for an hour or two uh, and it's yeah. been it's been 4 days now. So people are pretty upset. I'm sure they're going to lose some customers over this. Uh, um, people, uh, Silver Valley people have gotten to social media and complained. Uh, one woman, uh, Susie Quincy, uh, has even started, uh, she uh, filed an FCC complaint against Suddenlink. Um, if you want to, if you want to do that yourself, uh, the Federal Communications Commission Consumer Complaint Center number is 888-225-5322, or you can visit that website. Um, sudden, like I said, uh, no representative could be reached with Suddenlink, so we don't know how they plan on handling billing, uh, during this period, uh, any updates, anything like that. Uh, unfortunately, we're getting all of our information from people on the ground and other sources that are not Suddenlink. So uh, I'm going to just uh, throw a challenge out there. What do you think the over-under on them not doing anything to adjust your bill and you guys getting your bills at full price? Full pr- oh, I would, I would at least minus 300 on nothing being done. For the, for those who gamble, they'll understand that the odds are heavily in favor of nothing of nothing being done. Yeah. I, I would say that. <laughs> I would say that. I guarantee. I guarantee it. And it's well, what's going to happen is that there's no like one person that's handling it. Everyone's going to call into Suddenlink. That number, by the way, uh, Suddenlink's uh, Suddenlink Communications customer service number is eight seven 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 nine four two seven two four. So uh, if you want to call and. Uh, uh, so voice your concern about your bill or maybe try to get some information if you learn anything let us know we'd, we'd appreciate it um but yeah i everybody's gonna call and essentially what's gonna happen is it's gonna be on a case-by-case basis depending on who they talk to at that time at what call center and some of them might be you know uh, willing to help and understanding the situation others are gonna probably cite some small print in a contract that you signed that you didn't that none of us read and say I'm just waiting for the one guy that you call in. He's like, well, did you try turning your modem off? Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, and see, and that's the problem is that none of – there's no coordination. No. You've got – you'll call you, – you get, you know, five different answers from five different people. One person says that there's nothing wrong in the area and it must be your modem. There's another person who is fully aware of the situation and then there's, you know, a thousand different answers in between. Yeah. 
So, and, and that's been the problem. Uh, on, you know, luckily enough, we, we had sources close to the situation that were able to, to give us some information on that. But um, yeah, I, I mean, as a Suddenlink customer, and even if I wasn't, I can, can understand how somebody could be pretty frustrated at this point. I am uh, going to go home and watch some Netflix. Good for you. I, I, I'm pretty happy for you. Maybe I'll watch The Witcher. You should. It's, it's a great show. It's on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> toss a coin to him while you're at it. Toss a coin. Mm-hmm. All right. So a center of our front page had a story. Uh, I don't remember what the headline of it was, but it was uh, discussing some local high school students who uh, were announced as nominees to the United four United States Military Academies mm-hmm. by Idaho's members of Congress. Ah. So, uh, Kellogg High School students and ROTC cadets Ethan Tomzak and Angel Byer were nominated. Uh, Byer was nominated to the U.S. Military Academy in West Point by Senator Mike Crapo and Representative Ross Fulcher. Russ Fulcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Representative Fulcher also nominated Bayer for both the U.S. Air Force Academy and the U.S. Naval Academy. Uh, Tom Zach is definitely, um, from what I've been told, he is like laser focused in on the Navy, which would explain why he received a appointment from all three uh, congressmen mm-hmm. to the Naval Academy. Oh. Um, I had a chance to talk to uh, their senior Marine instructor at the high school, uh, Craig, Major Craig Peterson, mm-hmm. um, and he was quick to really heap praise on them, uh, said Major Peterson. Both of these students have worked extremely hard, both academically and physically, and to receive these nominations are a testament to their focus, work ethic, and leadership. Both Sergeant Major Smith and myself are extremely proud of both of these individuals and are hopeful that they will receive appointments to their chosen academy in the near future. So the way it works is now they've been nominated, they have to wait Mm -hmm. to see if they actually get appointed. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure on what the odds are there. Uh, The appointments are in March. Um, Tom Zach actually has a contingency in place where if he does not get appointed to the Naval Academy, he will actually be in the running for a Naval ROTC scholarship to attend the University of Idaho, as well as enlist in the U.S. Navy. Okay. So. Very cool. Kind of a cool story there. That is very cool. I always always good to work with the, the ROTC over there. ROTC kids are great. Love it. Uh, other story on the front page. Uh, last Friday, nearly 600 local students got to be a part of a career and technical education fair um, that was put on at Kellogg High School uh, in conjunction with North Idaho College. Um, students from both, uh, the Kellogg and Mullen school districts, uh, made the journey. Wallace school district was invited, but, uh, none of their students were able to attend. Um, career and technical education, uh, also known as CTE has come to the forefront of educational options for students both in and after high school due mainly to the guarantees of employment following completion, as well as the lower time and financial expectation that is compared to pursuing a degree. So, um... Uh, Kellogg High School counselor, Elena Estelle, it took her, gosh, a few months to organize this. 26 different programs from NIC, including a couple different military recruiters, were in the Kellogg High School gym. Um, things like carpentry, HVAC, uh, medical field, lots of stuff, uh, auto collision repair. I mean, these are just things that kids can go to NIC, and these certificates take anywhere from six months to two years to get. Mm. And as soon as you finish it, you are basically 
I mean, people, companies recruit right out of these programs. So you finish one of these programs and you basically have a job. Right. So kind of a cool thing. Um, The kids really enjoyed it. My goodness. I got to watch a lot of kids come through uh, as young as seventh grade. They were coming through and getting really excited about the things they were looking at, which is probably one of the cooler things Mm -hmm. to see uh, younger kids get excited about potential opportunities in the future. Um, You know, I come from the generation and even you where when you're in high school, they only kind of talked about one thing after school and it was go to college, go to college, go to college. Trade school really wasn't pushed. Uh -uh. But now like sitting back going, gosh, now it's an option. If I was in school now, Trade school would be the coolest thing ever. Uh-huh. Like, it would have totally been on the list of something to do. So, you know, this is a kind of also, I mean, following that announcement a few weeks ago that the school district signed that plan to the letter of intent to, to begin planning a uh, technical education school here in the Valley. Uh-huh. I mean, this is a big deal. Some of these students who are in seventh and eighth grade who are looking at this might be, I mean, they might already be on track to come out of high school. With some of these certificates, so awesome. Could be That's really awesome. cool, man. Wish they had that running start thing when I was in. Right, I agree. Definitely. I All right, um, we got what two more stories on the front page? Did we go with a five story front? I think so. You went with all of them. I think so. Did you put JNR on there? JNR's on there. Yeah. Oh, I thought we were holding JNR. No, we're doing it. We're going for it. So uh, that'll be featured in uh, next week's podcast yes. interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, interview with the uh, new uh, internet provider, uh-huh. JNR Electronics. Uh-huh. I almost feel like I don't want to give too much of it away. I'd rather uh... tell. So we could we could say a little bit about in the sense that like, in especially in light of this sudden link thing, there might be hope or at least another option. So if you live in Kelliger Wallace right now, there is another option for internet. JNR Electronics is doing uh, line of sight internet. It's not data capped. It's not anything uh, like what you've encountered before with this microwave technology radio or uh, internet, radio internet. Uh-huh. Um, basically, they have built several access points in the Kellogg and Wallace area. And if you are within line of sight of these places, you can set up a uh, access point on your home. And buy your own modem, and you can have up to 50 megabyte internet in your home. Just and it's it's not data capped, so you can it's unlimited Love use. It. Um, and we can leave we can leave it at that. A pretty affordable price. Uh, I would wait for the interview, but I would also say if anyone was curious about it, uh, this is also the same company that hooked up the Shoshone County Courthouse just mm-hmm. a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been kind of waiting and waiting and waiting, and we finally got them in for an interview. So uh, I would wait until uh, next next week. Next week we'll have that we'll have that interview off for them. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Um, and then so jumping down uh, to my store, my second story of that edition, uh, talking about ski jor, and that's also going to be our uh, interview interview for today. Uh, talking about uh, the Wallace ski jor coming up. This is going to be the third annual one on February fifteenth. Um, you know what? I think I'll just kind of I'll I'll, I'll I'm gonna. I'll skip over that because we're gonna be talk. You're gonna be hearing about it here in just a little while uh, from uh, Heather Brandsetter and Sarah White. Perfect. So, um, yeah, we'll just we'll just kind of push on off. 
If you're looking for a refreshing, locally made beer, check out Radio Brewing at 319 Main Street in Uptown Kellogg. Be sure to check out the Shoshone Pet Rescue Luau Party held at Radio Brewing on Thursday, March 19th from 6 to 9 p.m. Tickets are $40 and they're available for purchase at the Bean in Kellogg. There's a limited quantity, so make sure you get your tickets soon. The event will have door prizes, Hawaiian food, and silent auction. Be sure to show up to the event in your best Hawaiian attire. And as usual, make sure to mention the podcast in the tap room where you get your first beer for only $1. Radio Brewing, put radio in your mouth hole. Perfect. All right. Well, without further ado, let's show, throw it on over to our interview this week with uh, Sarah and Heather. Perfect. Cool. This week's interview was brought to you by Gravis Tech and Wallace. Gravis Tech focuses on data analytics, data visualization, and technical communications for commercial and government clients that work in energy and environmental sectors. Gravis Tech is invested in supporting their community and is proud to be a sponsor of Ski Wallace Incorporated. Learn more about them by visiting www.gravistech.com. Hey, everybody. I am here with uh, Jim Lim. And Ian Caldwell. Jim is the president and owner, and Ian is the vice president of JNR Electronics out of Rathdrum. And they have some uh, kind of exciting news about some stuff that's going on here in uh, parts of Shoshone County. Guys, how are you doing today? Great. Good. Yeah, Thank th- you. Thanks for having us over. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So uh, we've talked about this a little bit. Anyone who follows the Shoshone News Press might have seen a newspaper article maybe a month and a half ago, discussing a uh, deal between uh, JNR Electronics and Shoshone County, particularly the courthouse, where a new type of uh, internet is being offered. And uh, over the last few weeks, these guys have been kind of getting things ready, and now they are starting to take residential customers, correct? Residential and business, yeah. Perfect. Well, why don't you guys do me a favor and just kind of explain to me what you guys got going on here in uh, Silver Valley, Jim? Okay. Basically, what we do is uh, we bring in, we're a wireless provider, but uh, but our wireless is really an extension of fiber. So we'll bring in high-speed fiber to centralized locations and distribute it out, you know, to our little broadcast sites, like at the county courthouse, like at the Kellogg Middle School. And, you know, what that enables us to do is we can get that fiber connection out to, you know, businesses and residential uh, the customers, and bypass all that aging infrastructure. Gotcha. And so we don't, uh, so we don't have to go through miles and miles of copper. Uh, we we can just go directly from the fiber, you know, to our high capacity links, and uh, distribute out to the customers. Gotcha. So in layman's terms all those people who have like uh uh copper wire houses or they require like cable jacks like you guys don't need that right any of that no basically we go you know directly from our our, our uh, broadcast sites to the uh, to the home and run a cat5 cable down into the home and they can they can just jack in their own customer owned wi-fi router and wow. that's it perfect so, how fast are you guys talking? Uh, I think our top plan right now is 60 meg. Oh, wow. For, for residential. For residential. For residential. But you guys do offer some other stuff for businesses. We, we have yeah. higher, higher tiers for uh, businesses, and we can do you know, dedicated links back to our fiber hubs and do you know, almost any speed. Considering we see speeds as low as 2 and as high as 20, 
in maybe on a good day. Yeah, that's, I, was, I was actually reading him the speed test that I've done at my house. Yeah, and where it's like twenty one day and four the next. Oh no, tw- and twenty one's a really good day, like a really really good day. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually on our own service at my at my house over in Hayden, and it's a it's a very consistent twenty five meg down. Oh wow! Okay. And, and it's a, a similar technology to the access points we're using here. Mm-hmm. But the difference is I'm 15 miles away from our site, and in most cases over here, we're only going to be a mile or so to the site. Mm. Right. Yeah, most people are less. And, 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 and in radio terms, what that really gets you is the closer, the closer you are, the more bandwidth you can pass. Sure. And that's microwave technology? Or? It is microwave. It is microwave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is where, so we, we, we've talked, uh, we were chatting before we started here, uh, there's a couple keywords that you guys have run into around here. Um, one of them's reliability. Yep. And and you know we, we talked at length. You know people are so fed up with the current providers not being reliable. But the other one, people hear microwave or line of sight type stuff, and they automatically go to I don't remember what the brand is called, um, and I don't want to say their name on air, but they do a line of sight type internet. But there's a data like a a limit oh a limit right okay. oh, a, a quota that you have to that you're limited to yeah you guys don't we do not have any quota limits yeah so people can not use the unlimited use of this yeah. high-speed internet our, our, our biggest our biggest limit really is is good line of sight you know and we're so close that we even are able to service quite literally i think we can get to at least 90 percent of the people in kellogg currently Minus, minus one. Minus one. There's <laughs> that 10% actually that, Nuts. that is able to hide or is behind a building or a, a giant apartment know, building around the corner, you know, something like that. Yeah. But, but, but the cool part about the technology we deployed, you know, when Jim and I did this, we decided we wanted to do it, um, you know, very reliable, very high capacity. The last few years have uh, brought about the technology that we deployed. Um, all of our access points have you know, a lot of capacity. Um, and so the reliability is, you know, we didn't, we didn't take any shortcuts. And because of what Jim pointed out with our, it's point to point, you know, point to multi-point technically, but because we don't use any of the old infrastructure, um, that gives us that reliability. Excellent. Uh, well, and the other thing that we do that's different than, you know, everybody else over here is we actually have a, another path out of here if somebody digs up fiber, uh, our, our speeds are going to be diminished, but they're not going to stop. We have a, a direct link back to our other head end on uh, uh, Micah Peak uh-huh. over in uh, Coeur d'Alene. And we just re- reroute all the traffic over that other link. Wow. So you guys have just uh, like... We, we, we have... We, so some yeah, amount of redundancy. Yeah, we, we, we have the, the really the only redundant connection over here. Wow. Perfect. That's awesome. Um, you know, you the access points. Um, so where are your access points? And then, you know, I mean, obviously we know right now there's some limitations. You guys are just getting started. But from what I've been told, you guys are looking to service as much of the area as you can. You just have to figure out those access points, correct? Correct. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, as the need arises, you know, basically we need to you know, develop more access point locations uh-huh. or put in, you know, what we refer to as kind of a little mini site. Like if you're 
hiding behind a big apartment building that you can't get to. <laughs> we can be very creative, and we've done it, you know, um, in little subdivisions over in the Rathroom Coeur d'Alene area, where we'll, you know, do very similar to what we have here, but on a smaller scale, just to serve, you know, a group of people that makes sense to do it to. So definitely, you know, we, we're not just doing what we're doing and then we're going to stop here. We're continuing. Perfect. We've got a roadmap. So where are you guys, right now, for people who are curious, where are you guys located? Like, where are you guys able to serve right now as far as the Silver Valley? <clears throat> well, you know, in Kellogg specifically, you know, we've got a location at the middle school up at the uh, fitness center and up on uh, Salinda Ridge where you see the, uh, you know, the flashing tower light right. at night. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, that that's currently our locations. Okay. And we're and we're always evaluating more locations, but obviously, just those three sites in Kellogg alone, that's a lot of work just to you know hook up all those subscribers that might want to sure. be on the service. And then in <clears throat> and then in Wallace, we're currently at you know at the at the courthouse, and we're also at the uh, school district. Yep. At the, high, at the high school. Right. Mm-hmm. So you guys can hit just about everybody in Wallace. I think Wallace is about as close to 100% covered as as we could get. That's I awesome. mean, I mean, what's going to stop them is literally a building. Something, yeah. Something <laughs> blocking them. Yeah. And every now and again, you run into a taller building or something. But fortunately, there's not very much behind the Jameson or anything like that. Yeah. And, and if you're behind the Jameson, then you can see the courthouse. So you should yeah. be pretty So angry. that's it. So to have two sites like that that are kind of on each end... Um, so to speak, is going to be a benefit. So any um, any ideas? I mean, you guys said you had a roadmap, and I'm not asking to play all your cards, but you know, places like Osborne or Pinehurst or Smelterville, you guys have, you guys, I'm sure, are looking, always looking. Smelterville will be uh, summer. Summer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's already that's already planned. Uh, we're, you know, we're we're obviously we're trying to do the whole valley. It's just there's a lot of engineering, a lot of you know, a lot sure. of field time that needs to be there. That and is. So we're looking. We're looking at the, you know all the communities: Osborne, you know, uh, Silverton, Mullen. Right, Mullen, mm-hmm. the old hometown. Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I, can't, I can't. I can't leave my homies out of the picture. <laughs> I'm sure Mayor Don appreciates that. So, you know, I, I'm thinking. I am excited, and you know, like I, we were just joking. I'm one of the guys who who's yeah. I'm out of the signal right now. And I'm excited, <laughs> but uh, you know, we, we talked about some of the benefits. Um, how long have you guys been doing this? Because you know, people, like I said, reliability, and then they want to know who they're getting service from. Um, I know you got from what I've gathered and other stuff I've heard. You guys have had skin in the technology game for for a long time. Yeah, correct. Actually, my uh, my parents started the company back in uh, 1954, and uh, in Osborne, and, and, and actually in Wallace. <laughs> oh, in Wallace! Oh, I thought. It was but, but then we, uh, <laughs> we we went upscale, moved out of the warehouse, and, and we're in this little gas station down the street from you. Oh, okay. And uh, and uh, you know, back then it was mostly uh, you know two way radio commercial, you know, for the law enforcement, fire. Uh, back in back in those days, we did uh, uh, Motorola televisions, oh, and yeah. radios, and then uh, as as uh, time went on, we kind of migrated, you know, straight into what we call RF technology. 
you know, gotcha. where, where we we really got out of anything commercial and we just did you know communication and communication controls and then uh, then as time uh, you know moved on and, and I've been with the company 35 years right as time moved on those point-to-point microwaves that we use for for radio controls you know, like the, I think the first one we put here in the valley was back in the late 60s early 70s we put a microwave uh, from the uh, city of Kellogg up to uh, Wardner and, and that was how the uh, fire department controlled the radio system gotcha and, and so the voice went up the microwave and went out the radio and they could talk to everybody and, you know as time has gone on uh, microwaves have become you know everything's gone digital ethernet based and that and that's brought you know brought data you know to the microwaves mm-hmm. and then we've seen year after year after year you know like your you know, like your phone mm-hmm. uh, the speeds increase and what they can do is more and more and more and it's kind of landed us where where us delivering the actual internet on a residential and business level became a bill you know became really possible I think we started 15, in 2001. Yeah. 2001. In Lewiston. Has it really been yep. 20 years yep. already? Okay. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> but obviously what we're doing today is a lot nicer than what we were doing 20 years ago. But it's the same kind of, you know, structure and technology. It's mm-hmm. just, and you know, we can just get a lot more bandwidth through all the equipment today than we could 20 years well, ago. Well, the important part about all that, too, is that we're... You know, while we do, you know, internet delivery today, our our background is both in in, in radio technology, okay. in RF. So we we don't use uh, the cheapest gear that a lot of folks in this business will deploy. They'll deploy stuff that doesn't just doesn't have the, the quality to it. And we, just, we, just, to we, just, we just do not go down that road. Right. Okay. Um, every everything that we put in is. So to speak, the latest and the greatest. So wow. we've been in the you know, public safety radio communication business that you know, can't for a fail. long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it can't go down, and everything has to be installed to that quality. Right, and, and that's and that's what we do at every at, at every level of our business. Everything is that good a quality of installation. And we hate service calls. So you know, our thing is with our installers. It's like if it takes a little longer to get it done right, do it right because it it takes. It costs more to go back and, and fix it than it does to just do it right while you're there. And that's been our attitude the entire time we've been doing this. Excellent. I think that'll make a lot of people really comfortable and really happy to hear. Because, I mean, when, when uh make a call to an internet company and they say, yeah, your tech will be there between the hours of, you know, 2 and 10 p.m. And I have to wait here now for eight hours and not know when you're going to show up. And well, and we can do a lot remotely too. We can remote in all the way to the customer's modem oh, wow. to see what you know, see if they've maybe hooked their router up wrong. And we can literally see if it's not hooked up or not powered up. That's a super common thing is for people to um, bump a power strip, turn the turn the router off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, but we can we can we can do a lot remotely. But the other thing that uh, we have is we have a 24-hour answering service. Um, we are very accessible from a customer service standpoint. It's what people like about us. Probably one of the, you know, one of the comments we get a lot is people just like the access when there is, you know, 
when there is a problem. I mean, no, no company is 100%, 100% of the time. Um, but it's all about how long you're going to wait and sit on hold and, you know, jump through hoops and whatnot, trying to get some help. And, sure. and with us, we're just, we're, we live in North Idaho. We're here. Perfect. And, and, you know, if we do, it did get an outage call. Those calls actually are, are routed out, you know, via text message to everybody in the company. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it isn't, whenever. it isn't, you know, you're on call. I mean, everybody, and, you know, has that much skin in the game of the company. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and, you know, so that goes out and we can immediately start having conversations and mapping, okay, I mean, you know, it's kind of like you, electric utility outage, okay, we see, you know, a handful of people coming from this area, you know, and what happened, what happened, <laughs> right, and, and we can start, you know, trace that back, but if it's, you know, sporadic onesie twosie, okay, we're looking at that, that customer's location, see what happened there. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if people wanted to get their name on the list... Mm-hmm. How would they get in touch with you guys? The easiest way is just to call our, our office. Okay. Um, do you have a phone number now? Sure. It's, uh, of course, 208-687-0700. Um, they can call anytime if they uh, get the answering service. We will get an um, uh, uh, email about it and we'll add them to our list we'll let them know that we we received their message and we'll just most everybody we set up for a site survey just because we don't we don't want to jump through all the hoops of getting you signed up only to find out we can't actually take care of you right so normally uh it was a virtual site survey done first um i can i can plot somebody into a into a program in just a matter of minutes and know you know if there's actual you know like a a mountain or you know if they're just in an area we can't serve sure um and then from there we normally when the guys are over doing other installs they'll take time and and knock out a few of these these site surveys and then we just continue from there and get people signed up and keep rolling perfect yeah perfect perfect well you know i really appreciate you guys coming in and being so patient as we uh Took a little longer to get going than we expected, but hey, I really no appreciate you guys coming in. We're excited. Wait, yeah, uh, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank yep. you. Thank you. Hey, if you're looking for fine furnishings, flooring, and appliance for your home, please visit Twin City Furniture. Owner Mike Pierce has been serving the Silver Valley for decades. At Twin City Furniture, you'll always find quality furniture at an affordable price and friendly and reliable service. Stop in and see Mike at 110 McKinley Avenue in Uptown Kellogg. Perfect. All right. I think that takes us into regional sports. Sorry about that. Uh, Yeah, regional sports. uh, So girls basketball wrapping up their seasons this last week. Um, we'll kick it off with the Wallace girls who they've been, they just wrapped up a really impressive season and I'm really looking forward to their game on one Thursday night. Uh, they knocked off on uh, February 4th, uh, Wallace hosted Lakeside and beat the Knights for the second time, 51-43. Jaden House, 13 points. Uh, she might have solidified herself as the North Star League MVP with, uh, with that game, but, uh, Two nights later, she did it again, 13 points. Uh, Wallace knocked off Kootenai 47-13 to at Kootenai High School. Um, just just a quality, quality performance from Jaden there. Uh, the Mullen girls hosted uh, Clark Fork of Montana, where they lost 47-34 to uh, on February 4th. And then uh, last night, uh, hosting Kootenai, they beat the Warriors twenty to nineteen. 
to advance to tonight's game against uh, Lakeside. So, uh, good, good job, Mullen, there. Uh, Mullen Boys Basketball, I don't have any stats or information, but uh, the Mullen Boys knocked off the Clark Fork Wampus Cats 60-46. to So, that was kind of a, a yeah. big game for the, the Tigers the there. The Wampus Cats. The Wampus Cats. That is a six-legged tiger with a spiky tail. It's a creature of myth. Hmm. Um, kind of an interesting myth. Yes. Uh, Wallace Boys Basketball, February 6th, uh, down in Kootenai. Logan Hull scored 15 points for the Miners in a North Star League win over the Warriors. Um, he was joined in scoring by Connor Denson, who finished with 12. Uh, Kellogg Boys Basketball uh, in Bonners Ferry. No stats were available, but uh, the Wildcats knocked off their Intermountain League foes 73-55 to on the back of uh, Graydon Nearing's 19 points. Um, and then uh, on February 8th, the Wildcats played a, uh, I don't know if you guys got to watch this, this was a classic, a 52-50 win over St. Mary's that went into overtime. Wildcats went, like, at one point they went nine minutes and only scored three points. They were down 14 at one point to the Lumberjacks and came back, forced overtime, and then won the game in overtime. Uh, once again, it was... Uh, Graydon Nearing leading the Wildcats and scoring with 17. Uh, Kellogg girls basketball on February 6th. The Wildcats went up to Bonners Ferry where they lost to the Badgers 56-48. to uh, Had a chance to talk to Coach Janet Nearing about that game. Uh, she just talked about it being a nightmare. Uh, anything that could go wrong did go wrong. Whether it was her, she's dealing with uh, multiple players with concussions, multiple players sick. Uh, and then to top it all off, once they got into the game, it was just sluggish. They had foul trouble, the works. So that was their uh, that was the end of their regular season. They moved into districts, where last night in the opening round of the 3A Intermountain League District Tournament, they knocked off Bonners Ferry in a rematch, and they beat the Badgers fifty. What was it, fifty-seven to forty-nine? Mm. So they beat them by eight after losing by eight up there. I mean, the score was almost identical huh. to what their game was last week. Uh, Kellogg Wrestling uh, hosted uh, Priest River for Senior Night, where the <laughs> Wildcats absolutely trounced the uh, Spartans 66-6 to in a wrestling match. Uh, it was Senior Night, and they honored uh, uh, seniors Mike Sentney, uh, Austin Stepro, and uh, Judson Hall. Uh, unfortunately, Jud- or Austin wasn't able to wrestle a match because Priest River forfeited their, uh, their uh, 170-pound weight class match. Um, at the Bonners Ferry Invitational later that week, the Wildcats finished in fourth place in a pretty competitive field. Um, the, the team scores, so Lakeland dominated, scoring 246 points. But then uh, Bonners, Timberlake, and Kellogg all were within about 16 points of one another oh. in the, uh, the standings there. Uh, Wildcats did have two, uh, two first place finishers up at the Bonners Ferry Invitational, including Ethan Guy and Dakota Eichsenberger. Dakota Eichsenberger actually had to knock off teammate Wyatt High in the championship oh, that's funny. of their weight class. This is not the first time the two of them have wrestled each other in the championship of a tournament. And Who's I got believe, more wins? I believe Dakota is two and one in championship matches against Wyatt. Okay. Um, so a budding rivalry there between teammates. Yes. Who both should go down to the state tournament this year too and yep. it would not surprise me to if see they uh, did, did it again. if it if it happened again that's funny there. so uh 
Uh, Raymond Healy at 106 pounds brought home third place uh, in the girls' division. Taylor Stovern finished second place, 113 pounds. Wyatt or Dakota Eichsenberger first, 113 pounds. Wyatt High second, 120 pound. Ethan Guy first, 120 pound. Uh, Carter Stepbrow fourth place. 126 pounds, uh, Travis Lohr finished in third place. 170 pounds, Austin Stepro in fourth. 182, Brody Hoffman in third place. 220 pounds, Otto Sharp, fourth place. And 285 pounds, Robbie Bublitz, fourth place. So, some quality. Our, our wrestling team this year is is an absolute juggernaut. And I, uh, I have really enjoyed kind of following them. Um, which is not something I can normally say about wrestling, to be right. completely honest with you. So, so uh, a good, uh, good showing there from our wrestlers. Absolutely. Uh, the eighth annual Bartender's Ball is the primary fundraiser for Help Every Little Paw, also known as HELP. And the event is coming up Saturday, March 7th at the CDA Plaza Shops on Sherman Avenue in Coeur d'Alene. This pet charity event will feature a sampling of cocktails from local bars, including... Wallace Silver Corner, and uh, we'll also have gourmet appetizers provided by the area's top caterers and chefs. Guests will get to vote for their favorite, help our local Silver Corner bar, and support a fantastic pet charity. Last year, the Silver Corner bar from Wallace was the only bar competing from outside of Coeur d'Alene, and they won second place in the People's Choice category. This year, they hope to win it all, but they will need your help. Call 208-659-6408 for ticket information or you can help help you can friend help every little paw on Facebook for updates to view past pictures of the event. Oh, that was a good one. Got through that. You can friend help every little paw. The, the, the you can friend help, help every, every little, little paw, paw. Yeah. on Facebook. That is not easy to read. Because it just does not It doesn't sound right. Sound right. Like for, nowadays friend that's like that's a verb. Yeah. You can friend me. Friend right. me on Facebook. Which it, it doesn't sound right rolling off the tongue. I'm going to friend you right in the mouth. <laughs> Just... Oh, oh. Oh, 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 <laughs> Sarcastic Santa makes a February appearance. Uh, we, we need reoccurring characters on the show. <laughs> Re- <laughs> Regional headlines. Uh, out of the Coeur d'Alene Press, Clarks declares victory in snow promo dispute. By Devin Weeks of the Coeur d'Alene Press. The sun is shining on Clark Diamond Jewelers and its customers. Store officials were excited to declare victory on Monday when they announced Clark's won the battle against its insurance company and out-of-state weather service regarding the amount of snow that fell one month ago today. The insurance company accepted the store's policy and roughly half a million dollar award. The roughly half a million dollar award will be paid out, meaning customers who shopped at Clark's during the Let It Snow promotion between November 22nd and December 31st will receive refunds for their purchases. It's amazing. It's such a huge relief, said store owner and jeweler Jane Clark. We're really excited to be able to do these refunds. Uh, We've been kind of tracking this. Um, Initially, it it was kind of an interesting situation because the promotion promised to refund the cost of purchases if it snowed three inches or more on January 11th. Uh Um, It was a day that was selected by uh, Clark with insight from longtime Coeur d'Alene climatologist Cliff Harris, who operates a weather station with Doppler radar at his home in central Coeur d'Alene. 
Uh, he checks the station roughly six times a day, and he- Harris measured 3.6 inches of snow in that 24-hour window. But initially, Clark's insurance company declined to pay the claim after using measurement data provided by an Illinois-based weather command, which initially recorded just 1.8 inches of snow on that day. How would they know? They're in Illinois. Yeah, right. Clark's immediately asked for an audit, and the data returned from weather command with an updated report of 2.3 inches. Mm. So not only were they, I mean, so they were more than half an inch off Mm -hmm. the first time. Right. So, I mean, it's safe to say. Um, yeah, it was, uh, Harris had fielded more than 400 calls on the matter in the past month and felt personally insulted that his measurements were questioned, threatened to sue the insurance company over the whole thing. And he was relieved to hear the news that Clark's won. He said he would have fought it all the way down the line. Somebody was going to get paid there. So that's cool. That is very cool. I I think, I mean, I, I, I have, a, I have a very mixed relationship with insurance companies, and I think everybody else does. I think yeah. I think uh, when when they do come through, uh, they can be a lifesaver. But uh, you, you you know, as many of those stories you have, you have just as many, if not more, uh, of insurance companies uh, finding any reason not to pay out. So for whatever reason, in any situation, whether you have boat insurance or snow level. Insurance, insurance. <laughs> whatever it may be, volcano insurance. Who knows? But uh, right. yeah. In any case, all right. Uh, let's jump over to what I got over here. Um, this is from a- Ooh, Amy Quinlivan. Q U I N L I V A N Quinlivan. Quinlivan. I like I like that. That's a fun name. Yeah. Uh, from the Mineral Independent. Oh, so yes. our, our neighbors right across the border. Um, Superior students enjoy lookout ski trip. Oh, they came over here. That's good. Good. Um, on January 23rd, a Superior Elementary winter uh, rite of passage continued. The 5th and 6th grade classes traveled to Lookout Pass Ski Area for their annual ski trip. Superior Elementary School 6th grader teacher Seth Akul, Seth Cool, rather, uh, can attest to the yearly tradition. Quote, I remember going on the ski trip when I was in 6th grade in Superior 25 years ago. Nine parents and four teachers journeyed up the mountain with a total of 52 students. Each child was equipped with boots and poles, skis, snowboards, and helmets. Lookout's professional ski school gave all the students a lesson. Once they covered the basics, students were allowed to hit the slopes with friends and chaperones based on the level of ability. Sixth grade student McKenna Gruter, G-R-E-U-T-E-R, Gruter. Uh, beamed saying, quote, it's really fun, and my instructor brought my group up on the big slope, and I fell down a couple times. Uh, haven't we all been there? Hmm. Uh, uh, from the perspective of sixth grade student Dana, uh, Danica Wilson, Hannah Vanderplog, and Brendan Anderson, the ski trip was a successful outing. Cool, uh, uh, the teacher, also concluded the day went great, students had fun, and the best part is we did not have any injuries. Um, that's good uh considering i've i've been uh snowboarding once in my life it was during my senior year of high school and uh in in combination uh because of that trip and uh a a very accurately placed punch to my nose during a hockey game uh, my nose is a little crooked so Hmm. that one also i couldn't turn i could turn left really well but when i tried to turn right the front of my board dug into the snow and i hit it pretty hard Interesting. Yeah, it was. I don't know. You're not uh, much of a skier, are you, Joe? No, I, I hate think the snow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, this story coming from the Bonner County Daily Bee uh, by Kathy Hubbard. 
uh, Memorial Field turf approved for bid. Mm -hmm. So a little background, uh, any of you who are familiar with War Memorial Field up there in Sandpoint, a beautiful facility. They play soccer and football games and all sorts of stuff there. Well, they are trying to upgrade it to real. I mean, this is going to be baseball, softball, uh, soundstage, um, the works. I mean, this is going to be the bee's knees of athletic fields. Mm. Um, well, they are talking about because it gets when it gets rainy, it's real muddy. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about, uh, and it's right on the beach, right on the the beach of of Lake Ponderay. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are planning on changing to an artificial turf, so that uh, one. The mud can't affect things like soccer and football. Sure. And so that uh, the festival, the festival at Sandpoint, which mm-hmm. is a big summer mm-hmm. event, can mm-hmm. happen there. Because um, it will also have an accompanying stage. Um, just everything. So the Sandpoint City Council voted last week to advertise phase one of the Memorial Field Artificial Turf Project for bid. Um, but not without some concerns from representatives of the festival at Sandpoint and Sandpoint High School men's soccer coach. Officials were assured that putting the project out to bid wasn't a final commitment and the plan could still be tweaked. Uh, bids are due by March 10th, with the council giving a thumbs up or thumbs down at their March 18th meeting. Uh, the city is going to request bids for two different types of materials. Their first choice is infill with natural rubber and cork. Um, the alternate bid request will be for a cork and sand fill infill and turf system uh these uh options were recommended by consultants uh baronado willis architects um the uh some of the uh the concerns um that the work can't might not be able to be completed within the time frame uh to make sure that the festival happens on time um they're also a little concerned about the risks impacting uh osprey nest spring weather ability to deliver the project on time festival operations competitive procurement and storm water management um avista is going to do their part to install osprey nest platforms um so the ospreys that come off the the lake there Mm -hmm. will have a place to nest um, and that the former festival production, a former festival production manager was on the design team specifically to help make sure that, uh, the, the facility and the way they construct it will be optimal for the festival cool. when it, when it happens. Awesome. So that'd be kind of cool when that gets finished. Uh, uh, I've, I've been up there for junior tackle football games, soccer games, things like that. And I'm not kidding. Um, outside of the mud issue, the facility is second to none. Hmm. Second to none. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Um, moving over. Uh, this is Josh. Who's this by? This is out of Moscow, but is it? It was on the Cordelline Press's. Oh, it was on Cordelline Press. It was okay. on the Cordelline Press's uh, website, and I saw the concept of a forty-one million dollar project. I see Russ Fulcher's face, so yes, um, we'll we'll just go with it. Yeah. Um, I, so this is out of the Cordelline Press, but this uh, uh, Dateline is from Moscow, uh, assuming uh, Idaho, not Russia. Uh, federal program designed to create jobs. Oh, headline. Sorry. Oof. Just moving right along. Uh, program targets $41 million in panhandle projects. Uh, federal program designed to create jobs and expand ac- access to critical services will impact Idaho's, pan- Idaho's panhandle this year. Two new projects totaling over $41 million are currently under construction in Moscow and Worley, highlighting the power of the federal new markets tax credit program to catalyze growth in rural and low-income communities. The program comes to the region from nonprofit community developer lender MoFi. That's capital M, lowercase O, capital F, lowercase I, kind of like Wi Fi. 
which has been working in Idaho since 2012. Both projects are on track to open in fall 2020. Projects, uh, Miriam Health's new $20 million youth wellness center on the Coeur d'Alene Reservation near Worley, and a new $21 million headquarters for MC, E-M-S-I, a labor market analytics firm in Moscow, were selected to receive NMTC financing in 2019 after MoFi met with project leaders and determined them to be a good fit for the program. Quote, I applaud Miriam Health's partnership with the Coeur d'Alene Tribe to provide recreational health opportunities to reservations youth, said U.S. Representative Russ Fulcher, Idaho's first congressional district. I am also proud of EMSI's commitment and investment to bring new jobs to Moscow, Idaho. Uh, MoFi identifies projects based on factors including job creation, job quality, the provision of services in low-income communities, and alignment with state and local economic development priorities. Uh, Miriam Health CEO Hilo Hancock, Hilo Hancock, what a name, uh, said the project expands access to recreational and wellness programs that will help prevent key challenges facing youth on the reservation, including drug and alcohol abuse, suicide, and unacceptable graduation rates. Uh, the new tribal center, spearheaded by Miriam Health, the tribe's health care organization, will provide programming and resources to promote health and wellness, including a family water park, outdoor sports fields, fitness areas, indoor and outdoor play areas, picnic areas, and more. It will also provide office and meeting space for behavioral health and medical exams. MoFi sells uh, the tax credits to investors, typically banks, and puts the proceeds from the sales into the project, providing 20% of the total costs. Projects that MoFi supports would not have been able to move forward without the tax credits. Excellent. Sounds like a great thing. I feel like I would like to work for MoFi in a marketing capacity. Yes. Just like make ads or like, hey man, I got NoFi. Well, don't worry because I got MoFi. Uh, that's that's trademark now, MoFi. Uh, reach out to us uh, for your marketing needs. Yes. Or or obviously we can write you up an ad on the podcast. Yeah. Are you operating at LoFi? Well, don't worry because we got MoFi. Or you got MoFi. MoFi because now you got MoFi. There we go. All right. See, we, uh, we're just making. Hey, this the up Snake as we Pit go. is open daily, and Thursday nights are date night. Twenty dollars will get you and your date two pulled pork sandwiches and a choice of fries, chips, or tots. And it will also include a slice of the Snake House Snake Pit House homemade cream pie. Snake Pit House Homemade Cream Pie, and that piece is going to be big enough to share. Friday nights are prime rib night starting at 4 p.m. until it's all gone. 10-ounce cuts for $21.95 or a 16-ounce cut for $27.95. Salad bar and choice of potato are included. This Friday night is Valentine's, so treat your sweetheart to a great dinner and live music by Pamela Van Kirk and Tom Richard. Tom Richards. Mm-hmm. Music starts at 6 and goes until 8. Can't mispronounce that. Tom will... Tom will oh, see yeah. you and he'll give you hell for it. He's the owner. So he is. Might as well. The Snake Pit in e- is it the Enoville Snake Pit or the Snake the Pit Enoville in Enoville Resort? The Snake Pit Enoville Resort. I think they dropped the resort, didn't they? I'm sure. I think so. Snake Pit located in Enoville. Enoville, Idaho. Enoville. Nestled between Kingston and the mouth and... of Bear Creek. Yes, definitely. Great well, place. It's the old, oldest, oldest restaurant in Idaho, I believe. Uh, I mean, that's what they say. That's what they say. They're, they're, ironically enough, the, uh, I, if our memory serves, the only competitor to that is uh, the restaurant in uh, Spirit Lake. They're, they're trying to, they try to contest that. So both in North Idaho. I mean, I'm not going to argue. All right. I, I don't know either. I, I, yeah. So. Yeah. What's yeah. going on? 
I mean, I guess that's going to do it for today. You know, uh, uh, we're, we're just as bu- I mean, this might be our busiest week. We got a lot going on. We got a lot going on. After after this, uh, we've got stories to write. I've got uh, interviews to do. Uh, I mean, there's there's just we could Apparently talk about we have all the things. Lives. Um, so, but we do have the luxury of kind of knowing what we're doing. So you're working on uh, a story about the Kiwanis. I'm and... working on a story about the Kiwanis. I'm working on a story about the uh, the Kiwanis fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the the replacing and repairing the old Wallace sign at Wallace High School. Mm-hmm. Um, looking into a story about the Watershed Advisory Group. Yes. Um, there's some stuff going on at some city council meetings. Mm-hmm. We've got a whole mess of sports on our hands. We do. I'm working on a sports feature, including a trio of related athletes that all play at Kelga High School. Mm-hmm. And then, then and now. And then... We've got then and now stuff. To top it all off, there's a special section in there. <laughs> so we're all... We're, uh, I, I have, I have comparable stuff. So, um, I put together the podcast. I'll be, uh, got a couple stories, uh, uh, local getting recognized for, uh, being weed warrior, uh, making, making the hall of fame on that. And then also tomorrow is law day. So we'll have a law day recap coming up. My Atlanta. Plus chance has a girlfriend. I have a wife. Yes. And it is Valentine's day. It is Valentine's day. So, you know, we're going to uh, probably do something about that. Oh dear Lord. I'll have to visit, uh, Someone, someone that you know, maybe at a flower shop, and we'll pick have to up. visit one of our two flower shops who have yes. both been advertisers on this. But for some reason, the week of Valentine's week, neither one neither of them is on advertised. Um, Unfortunate. So they know who they are. They do know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> so that's you don't have any ties to I, I, either one of those flower shops, nor nor a local kombucha maker. No. no. Don't know a single person who does anything. Do you like know that. what kombucha is? No, no. It's like a fruit. I thought it was in like a like a tribal dance that Could came be. out of Africa. Yes, Africa. maybe it's both. You do the kombucha. It's, it's like, like the, the macarena. So I was just about to say it's like the macarena. Yeah. There we go. We're just gonna make our now. Uh, uh, anybody who wants our, the macarena to become our theme song, just let us know and we'll get the rights for. Oh, I mean, it's a pretty old '90s song. How much is that? How much the rights for no, Macarena? We just be? came out with a like a remix of it. Oh, really? Unfortunately, I'm sure the remix is a lot more expensive. I'm sure we can't afford that. Probably. We, I mean, the the, the little tune that we have right now already cost us money. So. Hello. No, sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, we'd like to thank the uh, Silverlight Cat Wranglers for this week's episode. And be sure to make it to their fundraising auction on Wednesday, February 26th at 6 p.m. at the Dirty Dog Saloon in Uptown Kellogg. Perfect. All right. Once again, thank you to everybody who's listening in. We appreciate it. Uh, Please uh, like, comment, share all of our stuff. You can find all the stories that we talked about uh, on our website, in our print products. Uh, We also post links to those on our Facebook page. Uh, We do okay with Instagram. Uh, We we probably should be doing a better job. Trying to be better. um, If you listen to us on a certain platform like uh, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, any of those, please subscribe to us. Uh, Leave a review. Uh, We love those five-star reviews. Uh, if if you don't like something, uh, let us know, and and don't don't leave a negative review. Just let us know, and we'll we'll see if we can we can work something in. Maybe you want more uh, cowbell or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
more cowbell. I don't know. You know, it's people. People have uh, specific tastes. So, uh, let us know what's going on. Uh, if you'd like to hear something new, uh, I'd like uh, one thing that I want to give away more stuff. We need to give more stuff away. Uh, that just needs to happen. So uh, we're kind of working on that at the moment. Uh, we need to get some stuff to give away. We've got some stuff. We've got stuff, but we need more stuff. We've got desks. We got. We can't. We can't give. We can't give away our desks. Oh, we've got. I fake, mean, fake plants. I mean, that's not true. Like, if somebody really was like, "I'll buy your desk," like, I mean, that's not giving it away now, is it? It's not giving it away, and we can't give away our desk. We kind of need these to record on something like that. No, we got. We've got. We've got some extra stuff in here. We we got this nice potted plant in the office. Yeah. Uh, it, paper it, box. It won't die. Yeah, yeah. Paper box. So lo- lots of things, but we're like, I mean, <laughs> I was talking like swag and hats and oh. shirts and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like giveaways that like too. that. We've yeah, that definitely. So we'll we'll be working on that and uh, try to think of some fun and creative ideas to to get the word out. So uh, once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.